Sefer Bamidbar, Parshat Pinchas, on repairing the law. In Parshat Pinchas, the sisters, Machla, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza, are set to receive no inheritance after the death of their father, as the Israelites' inheritance laws at the time allotted nothing to daughters. D- displeased, they go before Moshe and the other authorities, and they say, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not one of the faction, Korach's faction, which banded together against the Lord, but died for his own sin. And he has left no sons. Let not our father's name be lost to his clan just because he had no son. Give us a holding among our father's kinsmen. Moshe, presumably though, doesn't know which way to rule. So he brings the case to God. And God tells Moshe, the plea of Slavchad's daughters is just. And God not only gives Machla, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza their inheritance, but adjusts the inheritance laws for all. Once this case is resolved, it's called a chukat mishpat, a decree of justice. This means that although the ruling began as a one-time response to the case brought by the sisters, it became an eternal ruling. So what can we learn from the story? First, we can recognize Moshe's humility in not trying to resolve the case himself. He could have simply said, the laws on the books don't allow inheritance for daughters and dismiss their request for justice. Instead, though, Moshe recognized that a valid question was asked and earnestly sought a solution. Second, we can look to the example set by God. God, too, could have shut the sisters down. But instead, we learn that even God is accommodating and is willing to have halakha respond to the complications of the day. Third, we must, of course, be inspired by the courage of the daughters and their standing up for what was right. By fighting for their own interests, they even had the laws modified for everyone, including those in generations to come. Perhaps God even left this gap with the intention that we ask for it to be repaired. Maybe it was in order for Machla, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza, and Moshe to teach us what empowered leadership looks like and provide a model for protesting injustice in our lives. According to the early Hasidic master, Rav Avram Yehoshua Heschel, we can think of the five sisters when making Havdalah, the ceremony at the end of Shabbat, in which we hope for the redemption of the world. Drawing on the Zohar, He teaches that the five fingers around the cup of wine represent the five salvations of the redeemed world, the high holy crown, loving kindness, compassion, wisdom, and understanding. Rav Heschel, the Apter Rebbe, teaches, and those five salvations are called daughters of Slavchad. And this is the explanation of the verse, and the daughters of Slavchad approached. They approach themselves to their higher root. That are the five salvations spoken of above. Since they are called daughters that surround the Shekhinah, since they receive the flow from the higher source. The daughters were able to go up to their source and their higher root so as to make the flow descend and fill up the cup of salvations, which is the secret of the holy sovereignty. And their desire was to bring about salvation and redemption. By ascending to plead their case, 
The sisters were able to have redemption flow down the Kabbalistic tree of life, like wine, from Keter to Bina and Chochma to Chesed and Gevura to repair the world. However, we cannot look at this as a feel-good story in the Torah and not see its implications for our own time. If God at one point offered a law that had moral gaps, how much more so in our flawed human legal systems? Will the systemic injustices be addressed only if the marginalized and their allies stand together and demand a better world? Our Torah portion teaches us that it is insufficient to simply accept things as they are. We also need to look yearningly toward the way things ought to be. It is serendipitous that immediately after the law gets adjusted, God tells Moshe, ascend these heights of Avarim and view the land that I have given to the Israelite people. When you have seen it, you too shall be gathered to your kin, just as your brother Aaron was. Here, Moshe must see the promised land, which he won't get to enter. He sees the dream, but he also sees how far there is to go beyond the span of his own life. And yet his work is not done. He must appoint Joshua as the one to take over for him as leader of the Jewish people. We learn from the Torah that as Jews, we need to be dreamers. While there is a time and a place for being satisfied and grateful for our lives, we cannot be content with society and all its flaws. We are called to, like Moshe, go to the mountaintops to envision a better world. And we must go to God with our pleas that brokenness will be repaired. While we, like Moshe, likely won't live to see all our dreams fulfilled, making space for our dreams and making efforts to achieve them is a necessary part of the journey. As we will later read in the book of Deuteronomy, justice, justice, shall you pursue, that you may thrive and occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving you. While there certainly is immense spiritual depth to the Torah, it's also profoundly concerned with financial matters, which even today can matter greatly for people's well-being, their security, and even their life and death. Yes, justice must be pursued in the abstract sense, but we must be mindful to never be too far removed from the tangible effects of injustice on the ground so that we know exactly what changes to advocate for and how to envision and enact a redeemed world in practice. Shabbat Shalom.